Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. God bless you. Take your Bibles if you would, and let's open up to the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs. We're going to finish our stewardship series, and then we're going to go into a book series coming up in Galatians. You know, most of the time I preach line by line and precept upon precept. But we are in the middle of our stewardship, our annual stewardship uh, series we have every year. And so if you're a guest with us, this is something we do uh, every year. We talk about our stewardship and uh, those who are online and those who are with us in person. We want to thank you for that. And, you know, I was thinking about how this church has has, uh, been such good givers Uh, And it's because we've been trained in the Word of God, and we need to continue to be trained in the Word of God. Truth never changes. Truth truth is truth, and and we can count on the Word of God to be able to help us understand exactly what we should. And this morning, I want to speak to you on the topic of financial freedom, how we can all be financially free. Financial freedom. Take a look, if you would, in Proverbs Chapter 3, a very familiar portion of Scripture, Proverbs chapter 3, if you would. And let's take a look at verses uh, 5 and 6. The Bible says, trust in the Lord. Would you say that with me? Let's begin. Trust in the Lord. And what's it say after that? With all thine heart. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him. And then what's he going to do? He is going to direct our paths. The Bible says in verse 9 and 10, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you for the opportunity to be able to be here and thank you for the spirit of the service to this point. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to be able to see biblical principles, to be able to have financial freedom in our lives. Lord, I pray that for those who might be in the bondage of sin, that today they will have spiritual freedom that they would come to know you as their own personal Savior, that their sins would be forgiven, they would have a relationship once again with you, God, and they'd walk in your way. We love you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. According to healthcareassociates.net, there are 50 principles for everybody to live by. And there are some good principles 
that are on that uh, website there. You can take a look at it. Uh, there are some very helpful principles uh, to be able to encourage you. Uh, but I wouldn't say that they're necessarily biblical principles. That You can find some things that might have come from the Bible. Uh, they talk about you ought to be a forgiving person. Well, that's, that's what Scripture teaches us, doesn't it? It teaches us to be a forgiving person. And it, and it talks about being a kind person. And it, and it talks about being a trustworthy person. Those type of things. But, and they're good principles to live by. But for the believer, we don't just live by principles of the world. We live by principles of the word. That's how we're supposed to live our lives. That's one of the ways that we are different. The Bible tells us what? That we are to be different from the world. And one of the ways that we live differently from the world is not to dress in rainbow color outfits with big signs that say John 3.16. That's not the way to be different. Though that's different that's probably deranged, and it's really dorky. God doesn't call us to that, but he does call us to be different, and the way that we are different is by the way that we live our lives. So how are you living your life? Are you living it according to the principles of the world, or are you living it according to the principles of the word? See, all people live by certain principles, Everybody lives by certain principles. And I use that word principles really in the loosest sense. You say, well, what are principles? Principles are a fundamental truth or a proposition that serves as a foundation for a system of belief or behavior or a chain of reasoning. So a principle, they're fundamental truths or a proposition that serves as a foundation for a system of beliefs, behaviors, or chain of reasoning. We, we could say it this way. How about this? You, it might be a little bit easier to understand. A code of conduct of how an individual lives their lives. I was recently watching a uh, documentary on the Crips and the Bloods. And uh, it was quite interesting. Very, very interesting. And at the same time, it was very sad. But what was true of both those groups is that they lived by principles. Even groups like that, they, they, you say, well, they're murderous people, and you look at uh, MS-13, and all, they still live by certain principles. And though we may not agree with those principles that they live by, it serves as a purpose to show us that no matter who you are, every person lives by some form of principles. You know, as believers in Christ, we're called to follow Christ. We're called to follow him. Do you understand what that means? Do you understand how that should impact your daily living? That we are called to follow Christ. I wonder how many of us follow CNN or follow Fox News or follow MSNBC or follow Rush Limbaugh or follow Oprah or follow Dr. Phil. Uh, I mean, we're, we are on our phones, and we check this out. Oh, look what so-and-so said, and look what this, and look. Man, as believers, we're to follow Christ. You know what that means? That means as he lived, we're to live. Amen. That's what a disciple of Christ is. It's a learner. See, and as believers of Christ, since we're to follow Christ, that means we are to be in pursuit of Christ. 
being conformed into his image. And the only way, now listen, the only way that you'll be conformed to the image of Christ is through the working of the Holy Spirit. And how that works is that you follow the biblical principles laid out in the Word of God. You cannot, and I cannot, become conformed to the image of Christ without following biblical principles. God works through his Word. Every morning when I wake up and I read Scripture... I ask the Lord, show me something that I need to change in my life. Teach me something about yourself. Show me where there might be sin in my life. Why? Because I want to be a follower of Christ. I don't want to be a follower of just good moral people. There are a lot of good moral people out there that are going to die and go to hell. I I don't want to be a follower of just maybe a conservative uh, movement. I I don't want to be a follower of uh, maybe a financial guru. I want to be a follower of Jesus Christ. He's the one who saved me. He's the one who shed his blood for me. He's the one who died on Calvary's cross for me. He's the one that spent three days in the grave and then rose again for me. And I want to follow him. He's given me eternal life. See, and, and, and if we're going to be conformed to his image, we need to live by his teachings. We must live by its principles. We had a funeral here a couple weeks ago for Nick Bucciarelli. And Mr. Norton, the founder of funeral, uh, Norton Funeral Homes, was here. He founded it. And he turned it over to his daughter, Anna. So Ann was running everything, and so I was down here, and I, hey, Mr. Norton, how are you? And I've had a funeral or two with him before with, this, with that funeral home, and I was talking with him. He goes, man, I've done many funerals with your dad. And he goes, how's your dad doing? We're talking about my dad. And he goes, you're the pastor here now. He goes, and I said, yes, I'm George Riddell IV. I said, I'm the better looking of the two. And he said, well, amen, brother. We know. <laughs> And he said, I trained my daughter on how to do this. He goes, your dad gave a lot of good, good gospel sermons. Man, he knew how to preach a funeral message. And so I was done preaching, and he came up to me, and he said, your dad did a good job of training you. You know what he was saying? You followed some principles. I don't say that to pat myself on the back. I'm, I'm using it as an example. You followed some principles. Let me ask you, who are you following? What are you following? Oh, man, you got a lot of followers on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and all that kind of stuff. See, some of the principles that Jesus set forth, here you go. Do you live by these? To be great, serve. To be great, serve. Hey, how about this one? Here's another principle. Love your enemies. Do good to those that hate you. Honor your father and mother. Forgive one another. These are just a few principles that Jesus taught us and we're called to live by. And in the first verses of Proverbs chapter 3, we find this father teacher gave four principles or four commands or four codes of conduct 
And first, he talks about how they deal with the danger of misusing a gift of God. He first teaches his son to deal with the danger of misusing a gift of God. He says in verses 5 and 6, and for introductory, you might just want to write these things down. He says, trust God, don't lean to your own understanding. Trust God, don't lean to your own understanding. He's saying, don't misuse the gift of God. He says in verses 7 and 8, he says, fear God, don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear God, don't be wise in your own eyes. Verses 9 and 10 of this father, teacher, this instructor, he says, honor God and give to him. Now, he's he's teaching us, he's dealing with the dangers of misusing a gift of God. And then in verses 11 and 12, he talks about appreciate God and don't misunderstand his discipline and its value. Appreciate God and don't misunderstand his discipline and its value. So he deals with the dangers of misusing a gift of God, and then he goes and he teaches us four commands and principles with rewards. See, if we trust God and don't lean to our understanding, verse 2, it teaches us that we'll have longevity and prosperity. These are the rewards. These are the rewards for following these principles. These are the rewards for following these commands, this code of conduct. Longevity and prosperity. Verse 4, the Bible says that you'll have favor with God and with people. I mean, how many of us would like to have longevity and prosperity? Uh, Yeah. How how many of us would have favor with God, have favor with God and with people? Verse 6, it teaches us that one of the rewards of following God's principles, you'll have fewer problems. How many of uh, us could, uh, yeah, I think we could all raise our hands. Verse 8, it talks about health. That you'll have health. Verse 10 talks about another reward, prosperity. Verse 12, I think, is the best out of all of them. An awareness of God's love. That I know and I can sense God's love for me. See, the idea behind following these principles is that there are benefits to those who live by them. Now listen, The point is that whoever lives by biblical principles, and to live by biblical principles is to pursue after Christ, to be conformed to his image. Whoever lives by biblical principles, there will be benefits, blessings, rewards, whatever word you want to use for that individual that follows biblical principles. And you know what? This is true when it comes to our finances. It's true when it comes to our finances. When it comes to our finances, there are principles that we as Christians are to live by. See, I I, I believe that financial freedom is possible for all Christians. I didn't say, I did not say it's possible for all Christians to be rich or to be wealthy. I said financial freedom is possible for all Christians, and there is a difference. You can be financially free and not have much money, but you can be financially free. And you can be financially in bondage and have all the money that you could wish for. 
See, I want to give you some biblical principles that will help you obtain financial freedom. Turn to Isaiah chapter 45. Here's point number one. Number one, here you go. Accept yourself. You accept yourself. If you're going to have financial freedom, here's a principle you've got to live by. You must accept yourself. Isaiah chapter 45, take a look at verses 9 and 10 if you would please. Isaiah chapter 45, verses 9 and 10. Woe unto him that striveth with his maker. Let the potsherd strive with the potsherd of the earth. Shall the clay, now here you go, shall the clay say to him that fashioneth it, What makest thou, or thy work? He hath no hands. Woe unto him that saith unto his father, What begettest thou? Or to the woman, what hast thou brought forth? I don't like the way you made me. Take a look at Psalm 139, if you would, please. We don't have, we are, the, we are the clay and he is the potter. We don't have a right to say to God, you made a mistake with me. Psalm chapter 139, verses 13 through 16. And I'm going to show you how not accepting yourself the way God made you can bring you into financial bondage. Psalm 139, verses 13 through 16. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am, for I am fearfully. This is what God says about you. For you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret, and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as, the, as, yet, they, uh, when as yet there was none of them. Write down this reference. You don't have to turn there. Matthew chapter 6, verse 27. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? See, the point of these passages is that God made you. He created you with brown eyes, maybe with a long neck, short fingers, fat toes. I, I don't know how he made you. I mean, look, everybody cannot be a, a specimen of ultimate humanity as you see before you this morning you know <laughs> that's where everybody was supposed to say amen amen pastor come on I thought you folks loved me come on now you, you help me these, these are my insecurities I'm preaching to myself here you know these are insecurities no <laughs> the point is God made you just the way he wanted you Guess what? There's only one you in the world. There's only one you. And God had and has a reason for the way that you were created. We too often, don't we too often compare ourselves to all the people on social media, TV, in the movies? You know, all the beautiful people. You know, by the way, I once heard Cindy Crawford, and if you don't know Cindy Crawford, she was a one-time supermodel. I once heard Cindy Crawford say, that Cindy Crawford doesn't even look like Cindy Crawford. You know what she was saying? 
Her point is that she's not perfect and there's a lot of Photoshop going on. See, when a person does not accept the fact that God made them a certain way, you know what it does? It leads to very strong feelings of inferiority. You know why you're the color that you are? It's because that's the way God made you. You know why you have the hair that you do? Or some of us. <laughs> because that's the way God made you. I'm legally blind in one eye. It's the way God made me. And I'm thankful for that because I have to look out on your faces all the time. <laughs> Gonna be a long message, folks. <laughs> but does it not? You hear people complaining all the time, especially you know what teenagers? They complain a lot about the way they're made. Man, if I just had curly hair like she had, and if I just had brown hair, or if I just had blonde hair, if I just had this, and I, folks, if people were not satisfied with the way that God made them, why is why is Botox a billion-dollar industry? We're getting tucks, lifts, all this kind of stuff, injections here, there, everywhere. You know? We got to remember that God created us. And he created us a certain way. And when we don't accept that, it leads to feelings of inferiority. And it, this is unbiblical and it's dangerous. What happens? You say, well, how does this lead us in the financial bondage? Here you go. What happens is that to, cons- to compensate for the feelings of inferiority, people will often buy expensive items which they do not need and cannot afford. Because why? I may not be able to look like that person. I may not be able to uh, have that figure of that person. But guess what? I can have toys. I can have a house. I can have a better car. I can have a second house. I can have a third house. And when we don't accept ourselves for the way that God has made us, it can lead to financial bondage, not financial freedom. So the first principle for financial freedom is to accept how God made you. I'm talking about your, your, your physical appearance, your makeup. Number two, second principle. To have financial freedom. Every believer can have financial freedom. Number two, you live under authority. You live under authority. Turn to Ephesians chapter 6, if you would, please. Ephesians chapter 6. This is a favorite passage of all parents. Mm -hmm. The sad reality is many Christian parents want their kids to live under authority, but Christian parents refuse to live underneath the authority of God's word. My, my wife gave me a plaque, and I've had it in my office where I study for many, many years. She said, you can preach a better sermon with your life than you can with your lips. I look at that every day. You can preach a better sermon with your life than with your lips. And parents, is that not true? We want our kids to live under authority. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. 
Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise. That means as long as your parents are living and you are, uh, you're, living, you're to honor them. I'm to honor my parents. That doesn't mean that I have to agree with everything that they say. That doesn't even mean as an adult now I have to do what they say, but I need to honor them. You say, well, how can you as a 53-year-old man honor your parents? Well, why, wouldn't it be good to be able to just sit down with them and maybe write something out about, you know, Mom and Dad, I wanna, I wanna, we're going to have a little presentation here today. And I want you to come over to your house and I want to read and let you know all the things that you've taught me and how appreciative I am for what you've taught me. That's how you can honor your parents. It's just one way. That thou mayest be well with thee and mayest live long on the earth. Take a look at Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12, if you would please. Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12, the Bible says, Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 8, the Bible goes on to say, My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother. See, we went from dependence to independence. Because of sin, Adam and Eve, once a dependent people became independent, Adam and Eve in the garden decided that they wanted to no longer live underneath the authority of God. See, God has created us a certain way, but God has also created us to live underneath authority. See, sin and self always want to be out from underneath authority. See, and God in his word emphasizes the importance of being under authority. Well, why is it important to be under authority? Because there is protection and there is direction. Authority can help give us protection and direction. Now, I understand in the society that we live in today that authority is not looked upon very well and, and that we despise authority and it's question everything and who are you to tell me? But God still says it in his word that it's good to be under authority. See, God has promised, listen, young person and adult with parents, God has promised to bless those who are obedient to mom and dad and to bless those who honor mom and dad. So for me, now that I'm out of the home, I am not necessarily obedient unto them, but I do honor them. So as I honor my parents, God will bless me. And as you, young person, you might still be in the home, and, and, and the simple fact of the matter is, you are to obey. I was 22, 23. How, how old was I when I got married, Des? Huh? 25. Up until that point, I lived at home. 25 year, I'm a 25-year-old man, making my own money. I was off at college, and then I would come home, and during the summer times, I lived at home. I was a man. My dad said, son, you need to be in by 12. Hey, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. I got my own car. I pay my own insurance. I put gas in my car. I pay my school bill. And my dad said, and I put food in your stomach, and I put a roof over your head, and I put clothes on your back. 
He didn't have to say that, and he didn't say that. All that he said was, son, I want you in by 12. Well, don't you trust me? Son, it's not about trust. It's about sleep. I just want to be able to get to bed because I got to get up the next morning. You know what I did up until the time that I got married? I was in by 12. Then after we got married, we came back and we lived with my parents for a little while because I figured if they will let us, I'm going to sponge off them as long as I can. No, we needed a place to live. Well, my mom and dad never went to the movies. They'd never go to the movie house. I'm old man, I'm married now. But I lived in their home. You know what I did? I wanted to honor them. So as long as me and my wife lived underneath their roof, no matter if I was married or not, we honored that. You say, well, they wouldn't have known. Yeah, but what if they would have asked, hey, well, where'd you go? So you're your own man, you can do what you want. Yeah, the Bible says, if you honor your parents. You know what? And I probably didn't miss that much not going to the movies because most of us filled with junk anyway. See, God also states that those who reject the spiritual counsel of parents will be cursed. See, listen, listen, this is my point. If a person does not learn to be under authority in the home, if you can't learn to be under authority in the home, there's a very high percentage, very high chance that you will have a lot of conflicts at work. Because if you don't like somebody telling you what to do at home, eventually you're not going to like what somebody's got to tell you to do at work. See, and what, what happens is when one does not learn to be under authority, they end up believing that they're their own boss. No one has a right to tell them what to do, and that includes God. And God gives us great warning this morning to those who are not willing to be subject unto the authority of the home. God also states that there's to be a willingness, secondly here, under living authority, about to be under the authority of the government. Take a look at Romans chapter 13, if you would. Hold tight. We'll get through this message. I'm going to finish this message. It might take me a little bit longer, but I'm going to finish this message because it's important. And maybe we'll just get snowed in, and that way we'll just move right from this into our Bible publishing, and then we'll just, there you go. Okay, all right. Romans chapter 13, if you would. Here you go, government authority. Home authority, government authority. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that are... The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Wherefore, ye must needs be subject, not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. For for this cause pay ye tribute also. 
for they are God's ministers, attending continually upon this very thing. Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Second Peter, write this down if you would, don't turn there for time. But Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 14 and shall, uh, 13 and 14, shall receive the reward of unrighteousness as they that count a pleasure to ride in the daytime. Spots they are and blemishes, sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery that they cease not from sin, being unstable souls and a heart they have exercised with covetous practices, cursed children. See, there's the authority of the home, there's the authority of the government, and then thirdly, here we go. There's the authority of the pastor. There's the authority of the pastor in the church. Hebrews chapter 13, if you would please, in verse 7. Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation or their lifestyle. Hebrews 13, 17. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they that must give an account that they may do with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. See, the point is that if you and I, if we are not willing to be under authority that we can see, you will never be under the authority that you cannot see. And when it comes to financial freedom, we've got to learn to live underneath the authority of God's word. So what God's word says, I am going to do. If it says for us to tithe, then we're going to tithe. If it says that we ought to be a generous giver, I'm going to be a generous giver. When it comes to our financial freedom, we're going to listen to the word of God. Because that's our authority. If you want to have financial freedom, accept yourself, live under the authority of God, And number three, here, write this down if you would quickly. Have a clear conscience. You have a clear conscience. These are principles to live by. If you don't live by these principles, it's not going to work out for you. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 19, holding faith and a good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith have made a shipwreck. You know what we see? We see God's standard here. See, a lack of a clear conscience, listen, a lack of a clear conscience in one area will give opportunity to lower God's standard in another area. A lack of a clear conscience in one area will give an opportunity to lower God's standard in another area. For example, your moral life will dictate your theology. See, when we start to lower God's standard, compromise will move in Now listen, and faith will deteriorate. You look at our country today. Our country today is a mess. It is a mess. But we didn't start off that way. Didn't start off that way. It happened little by little by little by little by little. I'm not a prophet nor the son of a prophet, but listen... Before long, we've legalized abortion. Before long, just wait. We're going to legalize. It's all right to be killing older people. Just wait. Mark my words. Mark my words. 
See, when we start to lower God's standard, compromise will move in and faith will deteriorate. You say, what do you mean? You start to trust in your own financial judgments. You'll compensate for the guilt by using funds the wrong way. See, when you have a clear conscience, you don't have to worry about covering up your tracks because you know that you're walking in the way of the Lord. Think about the person who cuts time from the office but still puts in for full pay. Hey, folks, it's wrong for you to tell your fellow employee, hey, do me a favor. Will you punch me out at 5 o'clock? i got a doctor's appointment. I've got to get at 4.30, and I don't want to have to use a full, a full personal day for that because you know the way our company works, so just punch me out at 5 o'clock, would you? That's wrong. That's stealing. You just stole from your employer. Unless your employer tells you that you can do that, and you can't have a clear conscience. You say, well, that doesn't bother me. Then guess what? You've got a seared conscience. It ought to bother you. Or think about the person who lies on their income taxes. Well, the government, we, just, we try and justify it, don't we? Well, the government, they're taking too much of my money anyway. Think about the person who gets funds under the table. See, you can't have a clear conscience with that. Maybe I'm just talking to the wall this morning because you might be thinking, what's the big deal with that? That's wrong. That's wrong. See, when you do things God's way and live by his principles, it will bring financial freedom to you. See, we were looking at doing something here at Open Bible, and we are looking to be able to do something. And uh, somebody said, well, we could just make copies of that CD, and then we can do it that way. I said, no, 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 we, we can't do that. Why is that? Well, because that, that would be stealing. Well, how is that stealing? Well, because you're to purchase that for multiple uses. And they weren't trying to lead me down the wrong way. I don't think that they just ever heard of it. Really? Yeah, it's copyrighted material. You know, we wonder why God doesn't bless the church. When we have all these songs up here on our thing, we pay to be able to do that. We could get away with it. We could cheat the system. We could stick it to the man. We could have more money to give to missionaries. That, isn't that a great thing? Yeah, let's steal from somebody else and get... No, but we put hundreds and hundreds of dollars into that so that that way we can be able to have this. And then I can put my head on the pillow at night as pastor and have a clear conscience that we're trying to do things right. See, financial freedom, principles, or self-acceptance, learn to live under authority and have a clear conscience. And then lastly this morning, remember you have a purpose you have a purpose. God has a purpose for you. Number four, you have a purpose. There has never been, now think about this, friend. We go right back to where we started, accept who you are. There has never been, not only do you need to accept who you are, but there's never been anyone who's come into this world without a God-given purpose. Everybody that's ever been born in this world has a God-given purpose. Now, some never see the fulfillment of that purpose 
for one reason or another. Some who are believers don't see that fulfillment of that purpose because they don't submit to the authority of God in their life. But all people have a purpose. And guess what? God has given you a purpose. And when you accept the fact that God has created you for a purpose, you have a clear understanding for making wise financial decisions. When you don't know what your purpose is, you're willy-nilly. You're all over the place. But if you know what your purpose is, and I know what my purpose is, then I can make wise financial decisions. You say, well, what's, your, what's my purpose? I can give you, I can't tell you what your specific purpose is, but I can tell you one of the reasons why God created you. Here you go. Is to give him glory. That is part of your purpose. It is to give him glory. It is to give him glory. It is to make him known. Are you fulfilling that purpose? But then I can tell you another purpose. I can't tell you if you're supposed to be a pastor. (laughs) I didn't start out as a pastor around here. I started out as a janitor. That's what I did. I cleaned toilets for years around here. And scrape wax off the linoleum floors over in the other buildings on my hands and knees with putty knives in the corners. Because that's the way the pastor wanted. I don't want any of that other stuff left. We want it clean, totally clean, clean. I want all the grass cut, son. Dad, the, the, the tractor's broken. I don't care. I want all that grass before Sunday cut. I said, Dad, oh, we've got a push mower. He goes, you better get started now. It needs to be done before Sunday. It's got to look good. God's house got to look good. That's the way I started out. I I didn't know back then that my purpose would be one day to be the pastor of Open Bible Baptist Church. And I've said before, and it's your fault, if you don't like what you got in me, you raise me, blame yourselves. Right? I can't tell you whether you're supposed to be a pastor, whether you're supposed to be an engineer, whether you're supposed to be a trash collector. But I can tell you that your purpose in life is to glorify God. And then secondly, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. This is another purpose for every single person in here. Everybody, I don't care how young you are or how old you are. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Are you living for your purpose? See, and when you live for your purpose, when you live out your purpose... You'll know what purchases you ought to make, what you shouldn't, if that's helping assist you in fulfilling your purpose. See, financial freedom comes when you accept how God's made you, when you live under authority, when you have a clear conscience, and when you live with purpose. It's one thing to have financial freedom, and it's great to have. Can I tell you? You're looking at a man who's financially free. I don't have a lot of money, and I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining at all. I'm very blessed. And compared to most of the world, I'm a wealthy, wealthy, wealthy man compared to most of the world. But I'm financially free. You don't know how I became financially free? It didn't start when I became pastor. 
Mm -mm. Oh, it started a long, 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 long time ago because I listened to what the man of God preached from the Word of God, and I lived by biblical principle. And it's amazing how you consistently do something in your life, how it compounds. And some of the things that you thought would never happen in your life happen because you were just consistently doing the right thing. And I'm financially free. And I'm thankful to be, to have financial freedom. But you know what I'm more thankful for? I've got spiritual freedom. I've been saved by the blood of the Lamb. And friends, I'm not here to just give you a little sermon on how to be financially free. If I didn't share with you the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, if the message does not run us back to the cross, it was just a talk. And to have financial freedom is great, but to have spiritual freedom will last all of eternity. Let me ask you, are you spiritually free? Has there been a time in your life, has there been a time in your life where you knelt before God and you realized that you were a sinner? Think about that. I'm a sinner. And that Jesus Christ came to die for you and for me. Have you ever accepted the fact that you're a sinner and that Jesus Christ hung on that cross for you and for me? See, the difference between us and many other religions, as you'll see on our crosses around here, Jesus isn't hanging on the cross. On many other religions, that Jesus is still hanging on the cross. The reason he's not hanging on the cross for us is because it's finished. Religion tells you that you've got to do. Jesus says that it is done. And when he raised from the grave, sat down at the right hand of the Father, it was over. And though you might struggle financially, my friend, and I hope that you wouldn't, but though you might struggle financially, can I beg you to not struggle spiritually for all of eternity? See, because these principles, they really won't do you anything when it comes to eternity. Do you know him? If you were to die right now, where would you spend eternity? Oh, heaven, Pastor. Why? Tony, are you going to heaven? Why? Amen. Could you say that? Have you accepted that? See, here's another principle. There's only one way to heaven. And that's through Jesus. 
Hey folks, thank you so much for watching today. I hope that it was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you don't know Christ, your personal Savior, and you accepted Him today into your life, and, and you put your faith in Him, I would like to send you free of charge two things. First, I'd like to send you this book, Done. It's written by a friend of mine. What other religions don't tell you about the Bible. And then secondly, a brand new Bible, just like this one, I'd like to send to you. So please, do me a favor. First, I'd like to hear about your commitment to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Fill out the electronic connection card right below. Click the link. When you fill that out, put your address in, and I will be happy to send this book done and this brand new Bible free of charge to you. God bless you, and I'm looking forward to hearing from you. for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.